says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Somebody say, humble yourself. Amen. Amen. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. Mark chapter 10, starting at the 32nd verse. Reading down to the 45th. And they were in the way going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus went before them. And they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. He took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen to him, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests, unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and they shall deliver him to the Gentiles. They shall mock him, scourge him, and spit upon him, shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. And James and John, the son of Zebedee, came unto him, saying, Master, we would that you would do for us whatever we desire. He said unto them, What would you have me do for you? They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit, one on the right hand, one on the left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You know not what you ask. Can you drink the cup that I drink of? And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. They said unto him, we can. And Jesus said unto them, you shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of. And with the baptism I am baptized, you shall be baptized. But to sit on the right hand and on the left is not mine to give. But it shall be given to them to whom it was prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be very displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to him and said, Ye know not that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your servant. And whoever will be the chief shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. I want to teach from the subject this morning, a servant's reward. You may be seated. I don't need you to look at your neighbor. I need you to tell God, talk to the Holy Spirit, talk to your father and tell him, Serve me, Lord. Come on, say it loud. Serve me, Lord. Have you ever asked yourself why it is that you serve Christ? Why do you come to church? Why do you give your money? Why do you give your praise? Why do you give your worship? Why do you follow Christ. Why do you get up early in the morning on a Sunday morning to get dressed to go to the green to serve homeless people? Why would you get up at 6 o'clock in the morning get dressed to go to a prison to minister to those who are in jail? Why do you serve Christ? 
God is the only one who knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The truth is we all have our reasons. For some of us it's out of pure love for God. For some it's to see what position they can get. What miracle they can get. What God will perform for them. You ain't got to say nothing. But one thing I know is common that, and if we can all be honest, we all want a reward. I don't believe anybody is serving Christ for nothing. We all want a reward. Besides, in his word he says, he has a reward for those who serve him. The reward for not serving him is hell. And the reward for serving him is heaven. How many want hell? Let me see the hands of those that just want to go to hell. Wouldn't that be a wonderful altar call? The devil is saying, come. All those that want to come, come to the altar. Nobody would get up for that altar call in the church. But we get up for that altar call on a Friday night. Oh, y'all got real quiet. I ain't going to mess with you. <laughs> the way our reward, see, God wants to reward us, but the reward we get is not based on the way the world gives reward. The world says cheat, step on whoever you got to step on, lie, can I do all kind of sneak so that you can get ahead. It's all about getting on top. It's all about shining. It's all about how many followers you got. It's all about who likes, how many likes you got. How many subscribers you got, huh? Yeah. In this morning's text, God is going to teach us on how. We are supposed to get the reward his way. How many want to get it his way? I'm going to ask that same question after I preach this message. And see how many still want to get it his way. Somebody say go to work, Pastor. And they were in the way going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus went before them. They were amazed, and as they followed, they were afraid. This is a very, at this point, I could preach this one scripture all by itself. But because that's not really where we're going, I just want to give a little bit of attention to this thought. They were all in the way. Means that they were all in God's perfect will. The way. When you talk about Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So wherever Jesus went, that was the way. Somebody say that was the way. He, he never went anywhere that did not have purpose. So everywhere, everywhere he went was his way. God was 
he, Jesus was God in the flesh, the Logos, showing us exactly what the word was supposed to be doing while here on earth. And it says, while they were in the way going up to Jerusalem, they were going up to Jerusalem. Now they were going up to Jerusalem to, so that Jesus could be crucified spit upon and beat but they were in the way they were y'all gonna catch it y'all better help me this morning we preaching right i'm taking off quick they were in the way and they were going up to jerusalem they were in the way they were in his will but they were going to a place of crucifixion they were in the will but they were going to a place of crucifixion now in their mind they thought it would be wiser not to go to jerusalem right they didn't want to have any parts of, of going to Jerusalem. Like, like it'd be like, I don't have any, I don't have any desire to walk into a neighborhood that I know is going to kill me. I'm going to try my best to avoid that situation. But God in the flesh, in the way, was taking them up to a place. <sighs> called Jerusalem. It wasn't going to be the crowning place. It was going to be the crossing place. Follow me, follow me. Sometimes you can be right smack in the will of God, but it doesn't look good all the time. So away with all that false doctrine that if you're walking in the will of God, it's going to look like it's the will of God. Y'all not going, y'all not gonna, see, see, see the thing that you had to go through, the struggle that you had to walk into, it was God's will, but it was not his will for you to stay there. They were in the way and they were going up to Jerusalem. Now watch this. It says that they were amazed and they were afraid, but they followed anyway. Have you ever had to follow God? Scared. This message might not be for next level. I may be above your pay grade right now. I don't know. Because it takes great faith to follow God. Scared. As a matter of fact, I would be so bold to say you are not following God if he don't got you scared. Because God will have you doing some stuff. Now, I know you said God has not given us a spirit of fear, but I'm going to tell you something. It's not an easy thing following God. Because God will have you walking on water in the midst of a storm and tell you to just keep your eyes on him. And not, See, God will have you doing stuff like... Walking up in Pharaoh's house and telling him, let my people go when you ain't got. See, I'm talking about people that got enough faith to follow God. But the thing that keeps you following him is because you're amazed by him. God has done some amazing things in your life before that keeps you following him, even though you're scared of what you're walking into. Y'all better help me. I'm scared, but God's just too good for me not to follow him. Because I want to see what you're going to do while you walk me up into this situation that I know I'm not qualified for. 
But if you're going to walk me into a fiery furnace, you must going to anoint me with the anointing to speak the lions. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. If you're going to walk me. I know what it's like to walk in the midst of a den of lions where they're all ready to put their teeth in you. And you got to say, <laughs> no weapon formed against me shall prosper. See, this is a message for people that came out of stuff that other people never came out of. So they were following afraid. And then he took the 12 and he began to tell them the things that should happen to him. Now, now, now I know this is going to sound like redundancy because we study in the book of Mark. Now, this is the third. The, this is the third time he got to speak to these Negroes. <laughs> About the same thing. Somebody say the third time. This is the third time he's gonna tell them what's going. Okay, let, let me pause. Let's let's have let's take communion. Let's 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 all eat in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I told you be ready. Yep, all eat. That's his broken body, which was broken for us. Amen. For those religious folks that say, I mean, he spoke the scripture, and you know how we get if you don't do certain things. And on the night he was, you know, when he get when they had Passover, he didn't say on the night I was betrayed. I took bread. He didn't say none of that. He said, they just ate. All drink in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, you see how we took communion and everybody saying, thank you, Lord. He took the 12 and he began to tell them the things that would happen to him. This is the third time he would have to tell these Negroes about what was going to happen to him. Wendy, it wouldn't be the last time. Because in Luke chapter 22, verse, watch this, verse 20, at the last supper, he took the cup after the supper and said, this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. And behold, the hand of him that betrays me is at the table. And truly, the Son of Man goes out as it was determined, but woe to him by who that man is betrayed. And they began to inquire among themselves which one of them would be the greatest. So he had to tell them again. At the Last Supper, they're still talking about who's going to get his position. Let's go back to the text. As we just took a menu and said, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I, I'm, I will tell you this, that there's some of us, uh, there's someone amongst us. 
that is thinking about who's going to be the greatest. <laughs> you ain't going to say nothing. So he says, behold, we got to go up to Jerusalem. The son of man is going to be delivered to the chief priests, to the scribes. They're going to condemn me to death, deliver me to the Gentiles. They're going to mock me, scourge me, spit on me, kill me. And the third day, I'm going to rise again. This is the theology of the cross. The theology of the cross in contrast to the theology of glory. That we cannot know Christ without the cross. That the cross, his being spit, his being mocked, his being having to be crucified, was a, there was a purpose that if not, no Christian, Christianity without a cross is no Christianity at all. And so therefore he tells us, if you want to follow me, take up your cross. There has to be a place of suffering, sacrifice, and submission if you are going to follow Jesus. Somebody say theology of the cross. So he told them, he had that whole conversation with them again. And watch what they do. James and John said, listen, oh, um, Jesus, come, let, me, let me just go ahead and make this thing come alive for you. Um, sidebar, could we have a conversation with you? Listen, I want you to do for us whatever we ask you. Now, mind you, I just told you I'm going to be spit, scourged, and die. And all you're thinking about is you want me to do for you anything you ask for. Oh, don't, don't get mad at James and John because it does say the other ten got mad when they heard it, right? They weren't mad because they asked. They were mad because they weren't brought in on the conversation. <laughs> Wait a minute. What did, what did they ask you? The nerve, you know what, the nerve of them. Who they think they are? What about us? We want you to let us sit on the right and on the left. We want power and we want more power. The right hand is power. The left hand is the other power. So they're saying, I don't care what you make the choice. You can put us on it, but just let us be up there on the pulpit with you. I'm going to make it plain for you. So we can look important. So we can have authority. So while you dying on the cross, they know that you chose us to take your place. Because we got some stuff we're going to tell these other, you know, disciples. Because they've been acting a little crazy. And we want them to know, John, you know, the one you love was chosen sons of thunder and so it, it's crazy and it, it, it helps us to realize things that you don't have to beat yourself upside the head when you got to try to teach somebody something for the umpteenth time Like, I'm a slow cooker. It took me, it takes me a long time to get started. Don't take me as long now because I'm getting older. But it took me a long, because when I was 15, I thought I had forever to live. I 
until I seen 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds getting shot and murdered. Then I realized I didn't have that much time. And when you start valuing time, you start valuing decisions. And you start making choices that are in line with your purpose instead of your pleasure. Y'all not going to say nothing. Because you understand you don't have a much, you don't have as much time as you think. Just this week, me and my brother had to go deliver some food to a eight uh, the mother and the father of an eighteen year old boy who got murdered. The mother couldn't have been no older than 27, 28 herself. And I can and I can I can relate to her pain having to have my brother, my youngest brother, murdered in the streets of New Haven. And to have to be faced with a decision that a family should never have to make. Are you gonna pull the plug or are you just gonna allow him to be on a machine? At 22 years old. So you don't have as much time as you think. So all they're thinking about is me, 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 and I don't really care about what you got to go through, Jesus. But what, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? And a lot of times that's how we do God. We, we, don't, we don't come with the attitude of thinking about what God has done for us. It's what can God do for me? You ain't going to say nothing, y'all. I'm glad. I'm glad you shouted. That's why I let that go on for as long as I let it go on because I know you wasn't going to shout after this. So they wanted, and then listen, he said, let us sit on one on the right one in your glory. The nerve of them. And Jesus said, you know not what you ask. Can you drink the cup I drink, be baptized? And they had the nerve to say yes. Right? And then Jesus says, yeah, you will have to drink a cup. Oh, my God. And you will be baptized. But what you're asking for is not in my authority to give. Okay, now we're going to have a little church, just a little bit of church. This is awesome. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you don't know what I went through to get the anointing that I have. You ain't going to say nothing. See, see, people think that they can go through what you went through. They think they can drink the cup that you had to drink because they think they can get by drinking the cup that you had to drink. They think they can get the glory that you have. You ain't going to say nothing, but your glory is your glory. Matter of fact, your glory ain't even your glory. Let me go ahead and fix that. It's God's glory because the Bible says that he will not give his glory to another. So you're asking for something you can't even get. So if he, whatever you go through, you better give God some glory. Oh, my God. It's amazing how many people look at you and want to go ahead and judge where you are in your walk with Christ. But they don't know the trouble that you had to go through. They don't know the sickness you had to go through. They don't know the brokenness you had to go through. I'm going to preach it until I hit you. They don't know the struggle with sin you had to go through. They don't understand. And so they think you just got it easy. This don't drip down by your last name. 
The devil is a lie. I knew when I saw everybody in this ministry understands it ain't because Alina's my sister or Pastor Mom is my mom. When we get in here, that she will tell you what's the rule. That I, there is no brother and no sister when it comes. It's about the kingdom of God. Y'all better help me up in here. I'm not gonna put you in position just because you my sister, just because you my brother, just because you got my last name. You got to be. And so the church goes through a lot of mess because you got families running stuff, but the family ain't right. Oh, I'm going to preach it. And do not edit it. Ain't anointed to cook a biscuit, but you trying to run a ministry. The devil is a lie. And that's exactly what this scripture says. He says, when they heard it, oh, he says, listen, Jesus said, you know them that which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles, exercise authority over. He's saying, you know how they do stuff. They, 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 they abuse authority. They, 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 they haven't been called by God. They, they abuse authority. The Bible says it's in a place in scripture where they, they lay heavy burdens on the people that they themselves will not even do. You're not going to say nothing. That's why it ain't no dress code in here. Because when we, the Bible says, naked we came, naked we going. Why, we, why is God concerned about what you got on when everybody in that casket, you, the devil is a lie. You ain't bringing no clothes to heaven. Put some shorts on me when I die. I don't know if it's going to be hot in that box or what. I don't know. Just, just make sure I ain't sweating or put nothing on. He said they rule up you. And then he said they, they rule over you. But he says this is not how it's supposed to be among you. You're not supposed to be fighting over who's going to rule, who's going to be the best, who's going to be an authority. He said, but okay, since you asked that question, if you want to be the chief, here we go. I'm about done. If you want to be the chief, then you got to be the servant. Oh, my God. He messes up their understanding by flipping the world system. The world is like serve me. That's a, that, that feeds our flesh. We want to be served. I ain't going to mess with y'all, sister. I'm, I'm going to mess with you right now. And then I'm going to mess with the men. That's why y'all love going to be pampered. That's why you want your toes did, your hair did, your nails did, your eyes did. You want everything did. So you will spend millions in a year in your lifetime on nails. <laughs> oh my goodness. If God could just get a piece of that nail money. It is um brothers, do you know it costs women anywhere between seventy-five to three hundred dollars to get their hair done? She said I need a different survey. I, you gotta remember I'm preaching the nations. 
I'm preaching the nations right now. I'm talking. We got CTV. We got Zoom. Look at See, women get mad when you start talking about that. See, that's the fuck I'm trying to tell you. What? No. See, you got a lot to say. You got a lot to say. I, I didn't write it. I'm just telling you. It feels good. It feels good to the flesh. Ooh. And then it becomes a competition of who's the greatest. And who got the best. And when that run out, you got to do something else. Now they're putting fake nails on their feet. That's crazy. That's an addiction. They put eyelashes on their toes. See? See? Look at you. Google it. Yes, weaves on their feet. I guarantee you, you Google it right now, a picture will come up of somebody with a wig on their feet. It's just, it's just an appetite. It's just who gonna be, who gonna be the craziest? Who gonna do the, the most mental flesh? Whatever it is that's going to take your flesh, y'all not going to say nothing. Whatever it is that's going to make the flesh feel good or it's going to be greater as men, what was it? How many women can you conquer? How many, how, y'all, don't get quiet, man. Don't leave me out here by myself. Right? The double standard. If you're a woman, if you're a girl and you had more than five boyfriends, you a hoe. But if you a boy and you got less than three, then you ain't doing something right. Y'all shouldn't have came to the next level this morning. You know what it is. Don't be looking at me like you ain't know what it was when you came through the door. Who could be the greatest of them all? Jesus. But he said, if you want to be great, you got to serve. And you can't choose who you're going to serve. And when you serve, you got to serve what he wants. You got to give God what he wants. You can't give God what you want. But you always ask God for what you want. What's going to please you. And if God don't perform for you, you stop performing for God. That's the, that's the whole crux of the message. I'm going to die for you. But what do you want from me? After I've given you my all. I can't even get you to be faithful. And the one date we have a week. But you want me to move heaven and earth for you. When you get sick, you want me to heal you. When your mother gets sick, you want me to heal her. When the job lay you off, you want me to provide. When y'all not going to say nothing. 
You want me to show up, me to show up, me to show up. What? When will you show up? Because when I die on the cross, none of y'all were there. Everybody left. When you are at the cross of your life, you know it because your circle gets small. That's when you know you're going through a cross moment. When people start walking away from you. Because they'll all get around you when you're walking on water. Turning loaves of bread. Feeding the 5,000. Going ahead and raising the sick. And going ahead and healing fevers. And doing all kinds of stuff. Looking like a genie and a musician. But when you're on that cross, they are gone. When the money go out, when you get fired, they ain't calling you no more. You brought all the weed last time. You ain't got no money. You ain't got five to put on it. Y'all better help me. For even the son of man didn't come to be ministered to, but he came to minister and to give his life a ransom. Now a ransom is, I'm done. Let me help me pray, preach this word. He said, I gave my life as, I'm giving my life as a ransom. In other words, disciples, why are you asking me who can be the best and the greatest and what I can do for you? I, you don't even understand that you you are desiring. See, this is where that, that false teaching, ask God, grab it and claim it and name it and grab it and blab it or whatever it is. You understand? <laughs> blab it and grab it. What what they be talking about? It's yours. It's yours. It's mine. It's mine. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. It's yours if you apply yourself to the conditions of the blessing. Y'all better help me. Christianity is not so you just sit on me. If I just say Jesus, 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 the Holy Spirit. No, you, Jesus, Jesus, you ain't got no connection. God ain't moving for you. Because the only, the only desires God fills, the only orders God fills is if it's on his menu. You ready, Christian? Say that with me. The only orders God fills is if it's on his menu. So he said, I come to give my life a ransom. Ransom is a term in the Bible that refers to him purchasing a slave. And the reason why we do not do Christianity right, black folk, is because we don't like being a slave for nobody. <laughs> I'm going to preach this thing, mama, like I feel it. I'm, you going to do right by me? You ain't the devil is a lie. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't nobody's slave. Who you talking to? I make my own rules. I ain't submitting to no man. Y'all better y'all keep looking straight ahead. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. What? Uh-uh. I make my own rules. I shoot, I'm the king of this castle. Can't nobody tell me nothing. The devil is a lie. And y'all young folk, the devil is a lie. You got one little bedroom. You ain't running nothing. 
Say it with me, kids. Not nothing. Not nothing. Yeah, put the ebonics. Not nothing. That's right. You ain't running nothing. You got parents walking up to people, kids, husband, they, they slamming the doors on their parents like, don't talk to me, I'm in my room. I wish, I wish, I, with the bad leg, bam, I'm kicking the door down. What? I brought you. Jesus said, I'm paying for you. You're supposed to be doing what I tell you to do. I paid for you. If I didn't pay for you, you'd be in hell for eternity. I brought you for my purpose. Matter of fact, oh, let me break it down. I, I, I was in heaven with my father. When my father put his hand in the dirt and created you, and blew breath into your body. Blew a time clock into your... Take a breath. That's, that's a time clock. Because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. But with every breath, when God blew, that breath is still reverberating now. And you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. I'm going to preach it like I feel it. See, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. But we one thing we do know... Is you getting out of here. Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> now either Jesus going to come back. Before you get out of here. Or you getting out of here. Before he come back. But the breath you got. Came from God. So God said I'm buying that back. And I'm not paying a ransom. To the devil. Because the devil don't own nothing. What I'm paying is back to God. I'm paying to satisfy the propitiation for your sin. To satisfy God's wrath. That means the devil can try all he wants. But what you should get, what you deserve to get, you don't get. Because I already paid the price for your sins. I paid for what you did, for what you're doing, and for what you will do. Y'all better help me up in here. Jesus paid for it all. The sin you'll commit tomorrow, Jesus paid for it. All your future sins. They say, well, God, God can't cleanse future sins. The devil is a lie. Because 2,000 years ago, when he died, he died. And you wasn't even here yet. Oh, my God. He said, I paid for you. And since I paid for you, you're supposed to serve me. I'm not supposed to be serving you. It's not what can I do for you. It's what can you do for me. Oh my God. What have you done for me lately? Somebody say serve me. We are God's food to the world. We are what God wants to put on the plate. For those who are lost. We are the meal that God prepares in front of his enemies. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You are on the plate. I used to think the scripture said when he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
I thought it meant I was doing good until I found out that all my good is as filthy. So he couldn't be telling me I did well because that would be a performance based scripture for God to tell me well done. Y'all going to catch it. I'm going to close. But when I go to order a steak, I'm either going to say medium, rare, or well done. Y'all better help me. God said, I like my meat well done. Stop giving God raw stuff. Stop giving God stuff that ain't done yet. Y'all better help me. God said, I want you cooked all the way so that I can say, well, and give me what I asked for. If I say I want praise, give me praise. If I say I want a hallelujah, give me a hallelujah. If I say I want you on the green, go to the green. If I say tell that person, tell that person. If I say bless that person, bless that person. Because you are not your own. You've been brought with a price. Somebody say serve me. That means you can use me, Lord. When nobody else won't go, you can use me. Broken, busted, and disgusted. You can still use me. The problem is we don't want to be used. We want to choose. We want to choose. What if when you went home to eat tonight, you pulled out the drawer and you went for a spoon and the spoon left? Like, nah, don't use me. <laughs> no, no, you don't have no choice. I'm going to use the spoon. I can use a spoon for whatever I want. If I want to take that spoon and go out there in the yard and dig up grass with the spoon, the spoon can't say, you're supposed to use me for cereal. I ain't for this grass stuff. The devil is a lie. That's our problem. That's why God can't get nothing done. Because we got a lot of people in the church who want to be used, but they want to tell the pastor how to use them. Y'all, I'm not, shoot, I can't clean no toilet. Do you know the anointing I have? How are you just going to use me? I'm not being used to my fullest capacity. No, you ain't being used because you got a choice on how somebody going to use you. He'll never use me. Because you complain on when you get used. And if you use it too much, you say he's he using me. <laughs> Y'all better, I, I, I'm trying to close because I want to go home and get wet. <laughs> it's hot outside. I want to eat. But the Holy Spirit, y'all still ain't grabbing it. And it's something pulling. I don't know what it is. I feel it more on this side. But maybe it's because y'all already went through some stuff. But <laughs> God wants to use you. Stop telling him he can't. Stop telling him you don't qualify. Matter of fact, stop trying to be important when you're not. Go ahead, look at your neighbor and say, you ain't all that. No, you really ain't all that. No, I know you think you is, but you really not all that. Go ahead, tell them like you really want to tell them. Tell them if you didn't know, like you really, just walk over to somebody you really wanted to say that to. No, I'm just kidding. Stay, stay where you are. <laughs> By the grace of God.
I love the fact that he said, I can't give you what you're asking for. <laughs> that was humanity. He said, this, what you're asking for is not mine to give. But it's for who it was prepared. And it wasn't you. <laughs> if, if I was Jesus and knew all things, that's what I would have added on the end of that. I know you ain't supposed to add. You know, in other words... <laughs> It ain't you. Ask for something else. <laughs> Ask because you sit in the back somewhere or something. But <laughs> be happy you just made it in the arena. That's what you we need to be thanking God that we just made it in. Cause some of us just made y'all ain't saying nothing. Just made it in. So I said, God, if if all I could do is clean toilets in your house, I'll be the them toilets would be so clean. If if that's all you want for me to do, I will I will minister I, I, I will be the best toilet bowl ministry. Whatever it is you want me to do. When he called me, I said, if you're going to call me to preach, I got to study your word because I can't just be getting up here and, well, ah, you're going to have to give me something. You're going to you're gonna have to open up your word to me so that I can preach it. I don't want to sound like everybody else. I want my, I, he mixes it with your personality. Can't nobody be as crazy as me. Can't nobody do this like you got the craziest pastor in the world. Ain't but one Andre. So don't be trying to preach like me. It not gonna happen. But find what it is you've been called to do and say, sir, use me, Lord. Whatever it is. And don't never let anybody shut down your gift and what God wants to do. And everybody said, do you still want God to serve you? Can he use you? Now I'm going to add this and we're going to close. Let's stand. Anybody in here ever ate at a restaurant that didn't have the prices on the menu? Did anybody ever pay for anybody <laughs> that went to a restaurant that didn't have the prices on the menu? See, if I took y'all to a place with no prices, no prices on the menu, I'd be scared. That, that'd be a God move because I'd, I'd have to know what the heck y'all ordering up in there? What I gotta pay? But if you're gonna be bold enough to bring people to a place with no price on the menu, you must got a lot of money. And when you get that food, that food is pristine because there's no price on the menu. They still ain't getting it yet? 
And see, God said, if you were brought with the precious blood of Jesus, that means nobody could put a price on you. That means you are top shelf meat. And whatever God uses you, he's going to use you in the best way possible because he knows what he paid for you. He knows your value more so than we do. And so God is saying, when I serve you in my capacity, you can't go back to being served at a Burger King capacity. Because everybody can't afford you. Stop selling yourself short. When God paid such a high price for you. That's why God hides treasure. No indictment, but sometimes you see as sin elevates how people, it's like the, the clothes get less and less and less. And I said, I said, she don't know her worth. Because if she knew her worth, she'd hide it. I'm going to leave that alone. That's, I'm going to preach that another day. But we thank God for his word. We thank God that he checks our desires and our motives and why it is we serve him, why we come and we do what we do faithfully every week, every day. You know, I try to instill in my son, tell him, listen, you got to read. Like, why do I, I need you to understand that reading is not, it's not a punishment. You have, you're going to need God every day. You're going to need God every day, not just on Sunday, not just you're going to need him every day. You're going to need to keep that line of communication open to be able to hear his voice at any given moment. That's important. So kids, just get in that word. You ain't got to understand it, but just show a desire to read his word every day. If you read his word every day, you ain't going to have to ask him for the Xbox. They'll just give it to you. You won't even know it's in your house. I be getting stuff for my kids. They don't even know it's in the house. God already moved in my heart to get it for them. You understand? Either that, and that's how God wants to do us. He wants us to be so in tune with his will. That they, we ain't got to ask him for nothing. He already knows what we desire before we even ask. All we got to do is get in his will, fall in love with him, and he already got it in his house. Thank you, Lord. I pray everyone was blessed. We thank God for you on band. We thank God for you on CTV, on Zoom, everyone here. We just pray that you continue to be a blessing. Wherever you go, bring Christ with you. Look for opportunities to serve him. Amen, because there's always opportunities to be a light in a dark place. Father, we thank you right now for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for who you are in our lives. Help us, Lord God, to be ever surrendered to your will and your way as we go throughout our day and our life here on this earth until you come. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace.